You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You know, sometimes you get the bear and sometimes the bear gets you. And <laughs> This is one of those days, Victor, that the bear got me. I apologize. Well, that is all right. I was having that kind of day yesterday. So it it, it does happen. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next evolution in talk radio, the place of all places to hear some good talk. Uh, you are tuned into America's Web Radio. Uh, look, folks, if you're streaming live, uh, that is awesome. And you can... Uh, you can also watch live if you want uh, on americaswebradio.com. Um, while I've got a moment here uh, in the beginning here, I, I also want to say, you know, look us up on Instagram. Look us up on Facebook, uh, America's Web Radio. We are uh, growing and uh, we're having fun doing it. The uh, On Point with Victor show is growing, and I can't thank you guys enough for tuning in and for telling uh, your friends and neighbors to listen. Uh, it's great, but uh, but one thing we also offer here at America's Web Radio is uh, time for you to do your show or you to come on and talk about your business. Uh, so we, we can we, we can definitely do that. So uh, anyone who's interested, uh, look us up, uh, Facebook, send us a message, um, give us a ring, and uh, it, you'll be glad you did. So, uh, so all right, let's get on with things. It's been a crazy, crazy uh, news weekend. You are tuned in to America's Web Radio. Uh, welcome to the On Point with Victor show. Uh, I am Victor Armendariz. Um, I, I tell you what, what, what a weekend it was. Uh, if you're not living under a rock, uh, or if you're not just tuned into MSNBC and ABC and NBC and, and CNN, you probably have heard about the Mueller decision. Um, even those uh, outlets, the news, so-called news outlets that I just mentioned, uh, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, and CNN, even they had to give the headline. The funny thing is, if you were watching Friday evening, uh, you know, Friday afternoon, the Mueller decision came down, and uh, if you were watching or flipped over, you know, sometimes I can't help but flip over to CNN and MSNBC uh, just to watch um their coverage and and you know it's good to do this every now and then because you should know uh what different points of view are saying and uh but you have to understand that cnn is not a news organization any longer and neither is msnbc they are an arm of the democrat party but that's another topic for another day but right now if you were tuned in friday and you saw the document dump and you said the Mueller report came out late afternoon um if you were watching CNN and some of these other MSNBCs, uh, they actually gave the headline. They were so stunned that they issued the headline, No Russia Collusion. Mueller finds no Russia collusion. But then as the weekend progressed, if you had to kept watching or tuning back in, you could see that apparently the powers that be at CNN and MSNBC quickly rallied the troops and started telling them, you've got to find another narrative. Um, you can't just be given this headline of truth. And then you saw them start uh, bringing on all these talking heads who you would think might want to apologize for getting this 100% wrong. But instead, they start running with it again. And while there's no collusion, none of that found, they start going, they pivot to obstruction. So now it's going to be, oh, but he obstructed. But if you read the Mueller, the summary from uh, Attorney General Barr, uh, Mueller specifically said, 
there was no obstruction. However, I can't exonerate. Look, I'm going to get into this later because it is not the job of of the special counsel who is a prosecutor. It is not his job to exonerate anyone. It's his job to pursue, well, supposedly to pursue a crime. In this case, he was pursuing uh, and hoping to be able to make a crime. So we'll get into some of that later. But but the point that I'm making here is that you're going to see, well, you're already seeing it, uh, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, start to pivot. Because instead of standing up and saying, hey, we got this wrong, sorry, viewers, we got the two years of the pushing the Russia collusion hoax, we got it wrong, we're going to be better journalists. But no, instead of doing that, they're out there pivoting to the next thing they're going to try and force down your throats, the obstruction angle, and then they're going to move to a white supremacy angle. And then, you know, they'll move to everything and try and get this headline off the airways. They're not going to want to keep telling people that Mueller found no collusion. This, this uh, special counsel has closed and zero collusion was found. Absolutely no collusion from Trump. Absolutely no collusion from anyone in the Trump campaign or any associate of Trump. Um, I even saw a headline come out of, I believe it was the Associated Press, that said, uh, Mueller finds no collusion, although 20 or whatever people were indicted and 25 Russian whatever was indicted. The, what they don't tell you is every one of the indictments, the whether it was Michael Flynn, General Flynn, or whether it was um, um, Cohen, or whether it was you know all, any of these uh, Manafort, uh, none of those indictments had anything to do with Russia collusion. So what the Associated Press is trying to do is make it sound like the Mueller team indicted people based on collusion. But yet, then you see the headline: "There was no collusion found." But yet, again, the media, the the lamestream leftist media, was going to have you try to want you to believe that even though there was no collusion here at the end, that there were indictments made based on collusion. So again, being that this is the home of common sense radio and logic here with on point with Victor, I am going to spell this out to you. What they're doing is trying to change the narrative. To, well, don't look at what's over here. Don't look at this final report findings. You just remember there were indictments made, but they don't want to tell you none of those indictments had anything to do with Russia collusion. Those indictments were process crimes. They they pushed some of these people into these uh, confessions for lying to the FBI or lying to Congress. It's a it's it's really really a shame. Because now that the hoax has been exposed and we know now from Mueller himself that there was no collusion, you know, all of these little process crimes that they came up with uh, and and they ruined General Flynn's life over a hoax. So, I mean, it's it's very uh, annoying when you think about it and you look at the lives that they've ruined. Um, I think the only guy who probably really deserves what he's getting is uh, Cohen. Uh, that guy was just a crooked lawyer, and, and those people, those type of lawyers, they need to be filtered out and, and, pro- and prosecuted. And, uh, and Manafort, let's face it, while he didn't do anything with Russia collusion, he doesn't have a squeaky, clear, clean pass. So, you know, they were able to find him on bank fraud. I believe it was bank fraud or things in his past. But the problem here is, folks, is they went after a hoax, a made-up crime, 
to go get these guys. You know, Metafort was investigated years ago, and they found nothing, or at least they decided not to prosecute. But now, when you've got a hoax crime at a special counsel that that's spending millions and millions of your taxpayer dollars, they had to come up with something. So then they go back and they find whatever crime they could find. But again, point being, nothing to do with Russia collusion. So that that ought to really fire up every American. That really, if you're a voting American, and I don't care if you vote for Democrats, Libertarians, Republicans, Independent, or you do a write-in vote, the you should be pretty upset that we have a a party in this country, a media, and that we had people in in a previous administration that. Uh, basically attempted a coup. That's what this comes down to. And they perpetrated this fake dossier, which led to uh, FISA warrants being issued, which led to Americans being surveillanced. Uh, You know, everything that shouldn't happen in this country, it happened. And we've got to get to the bottom of that. Uh, but, But like I said, if you're out there and you're a voter... And the reason why I distinguish voting Americans from just regular, everyday, all other Americans is because far too few, I guess I should say, vote. Too few people pay attention. But then on the other hand, there are a lot of activists that do vote that uh, probably shouldn't be voting. And I know some people are going, I can't believe Victor just said that. Well, no, I said it because you got a party right now that wants to lower the voting age to 16. Now, Look, 18-year-olds half the time don't even know what they're voting for, and you want to lower it to 16? There, There is no way on God's green earth we should let a 16-year-old uh, vote for the direction of this country. Uh, I'm sorry. It just – I mean, if you have a 16-year-old or a teenager, think about it. Look at some of the things that your child does. You, do you want them voting to take more money out of your pocket uh, when you've been working all your life? Uh, so that, that's just another thing to think about. Um, but uh, but when I talk about voting Americans, I'm talking about those of you out there who take the time to stay informed and, and you go cast your vote. And, and again, I understand some of you may be voting for a Democrat. You may be a one-issue voter. Uh, that's fine. I understand. I hope you listen more and more to uh, On Point with Victor and challenge me more. And I hope I can uh, get you to understand maybe um, another point of view. Um so it's 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 very disheartening sometimes to think about um, people w- that will go vote because of uh, some of the single liberal issues. But there are people in the right who are single issue voters too. But but what I'm talking about here as an American voter is is whether you voted for Democrat or Republican, you should rest assured that you're not going to. Uh, to waste your vote or, or not be abused, uh, let me put it that way. So um, I, I want you guys to, to hold tight. We're going to go into our first break. Um, we're going to go to the phones here when we come back from the break. Uh, so you hang on tight. You're listening to America's Web Radio. We will be right back.
Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, folks. Uh, this is On Point with Victor. I am Victor Armendariz, and you are listening to America's Web Radio. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in today. Uh, you know, when before the break, I was talking about the this uh a little bit about the molar drop and uh i'm going to get into a little bit more about that um we're going to go to the phones here uh larry are you there i am how you doing victor i am doing well so folks this is larry gauze he is my newt Gainridge. um larry before i get into a little more uh, i want your off-the-cuff Give it to me, Larry, style on what you thought about the Mueller decision being dropped on a Friday afternoon. Um, well, I thought I think with the new Attorney General that came in, he's like he reviewed some of the evidence and said you need to get this thing out, and that's why he dropped it down. Uh, and they wanted to get it two weeks because this next two years is an election. They're going to be really um, they want to get this put behind them so they can continue on with something else. Um, and I think his decision, no collusion, we knew that all along. All the people who supported Trump knew there was nothing going in on it. He didn't need that because he was talking to the people. Um, and so I just think he, um, you, look, you look at the number of things that he went through. I mean, he had what, 500 witnesses. Mm-hmm. Well, we did oh, 400, 500 search warrants, war- warrants whatever. Um, he had 2,800 subpoenas for records and still found nothing. And I just think that. That needs to be played out more to realize the, the scope of this thing. And don't forget, every attorney on that team was a Clinton supporter against Trump and still comes out with no collusion. Yeah, you so, know, Larry. Uh, as far as the indictments they did, I'd like to say I think the attorney general is going to probably put some pressure on the New York 9th District and all these others that they need to kind of watch out because everything they got was basically fruit from a poisonous tree on this fake dossier. So yeah. That, that, that's the, um, I think there'll be pressure on that. So oh. I, I'm glad it came out the way it did. But I, I think the, the, everything that was involved in, in putting this thing together needs to be highlighted on how many people were against Trump that were on the team. Basically, everyone on the team wanted to somehow nail Trump. Well, there, two years of media. There's no Trump. doubt. That, that's another thing. I mean, this was totally to, to demoralize the base and to make Trump look bad. Well, you know, you, you bring up, uh, you bring up the, the, the media. Um, let me let me let me throw this out there at you. From January twentieth, uh, twenty seventeen, all the way to March twenty nineteen, 
which was the last night before the uh, special counsel uh, sent his report to Attorney General Barr, ABC, CBS, NBC, all evening news cast combined for over uh, about 2,300 minutes of collusion coverage. Um, that's that's an average of every night having three or so more minutes on a fake hoax called Russia collusion. That's that is every night doing coverage instead of covering the economy, instead of covering North Korea, instead of covering um, you know trade talks. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on what they could have been covering. Uh, but Larry, you know. I, it is no surprise to me, and tell me what you think about this. I think the last month, more and more information has been coming out about those FISA warrants, and more and more information has been coming out about the dossier. And every bit of information that comes out is showing more and more of how this was unsubstantiated, unverified, basically bullcrap that was put into a report and paid by paid for by Hillary Clinton and her campaign. That's the dossier. Then you look at the FISA warrant information that's starting to come out. People signing off on these by not giving the judge, the FISA judge, the information that he needed to really make a proper decision. So I think with that information coming out, Bob Mueller was smart enough to go, okay, I have to end this because if I don't, we're going to get made to look really, really bad. The for longer I hold this out, and the more information that comes out about the obvious attempted coup, and so I think that's that. Coupled with Bob Barr being uh, the new Attorney General, who who has a very good reputation of not wanting to waste time or money and get things to where they're or being by the book. Let's just say, and I think his message to Mueller was, "Hey, look, if you don't have Russia collusion, you got to wrap this up." Uh, because and and I think that's what happened. I think that's one reason Mueller dropped. And then, Larry, he drops it on a Friday afternoon in the middle of March Madness. So was there was the minute I heard that, I knew there was no Russia collusion. Yeah. They, well, the other thing is, I think with by having Barr now this new Attorney General, because I can't really, I don't know if Session wasn't part of this whole coup. You know, keep your friends close, keep your friend, enemies closer. I think he was because he, he, there's no reason he should have recused himself. But by having Barr in there, Mueller knew that the dossier was fake. Now mm-hmm. he couldn't get away from it. I think that's what, you know, I think the Attorney General came in and said, okay, wait a minute, and started going, looking at stuff. You need to get this thing out now. And so, yeah, and dropping it in March Madness, they want to kind of keep people away from it. Because it's, it's funny, if you look at college campuses being interviewed on people, the, the kids aren't getting any of the information. I mean, they still think there's, you know, it's dirty. The people, they're, mm-hmm. they're, the never-Trumpers are never-Trumpers no matter what happens. Right. Well, you know, Larry, the Never Trumpers. You you mentioned that, and 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 the Never Trumpers just really, 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 really get on my nerves because they use this to slow down the Trump agenda. So, if you're a Never Trumper and you're trying to convince me you're a conservative, that is the dumbest thing and a, the biggest insult to people like you, Larry. People like me, all the and anyone else who voted for Trump. We voted for Trump because we didn't want what Hillary was going to bring to the presidency. And and I vote policy, and I know you vote policy, and I know a whole lot of other Americans do. And, and when you look policy-wise, Trump has been absolutely outstanding. He's been more conservative than any conservative could have hoped for, but yet... The never Trumpers are supposed. I'm supposed to believe a never Trumper is a holier than thou conservative that just can't put up with Trump's attitude. That is just. But yet, 
they would have been happy with Hillary Clinton as president. They would have been happy with no tax cuts, no tax reform. They would have been happy with more regulation. They would have been happy with continued bad trade deals. They would have been happy with stepping on Israel. They would have. I mean, I can go on and on, Larry. But um, I and, and I get that gives them a platform to run on. Mm-hmm. And by Trump doing it, it takes away that. So now they got to look at their record, what they vote on. By having Trump do these things and break the tax cuts, they can't go out and get me. We need to cut taxes because he just did it. You know, he so he's he's you know they they want to always have a, a re-election campaign. It's like the repeal and replace when they first came out with that. And I remember talking to the congressman uh, who used to be in the sixth district. Um, I can't remember his name. Karen Handel replaced him, but it said that there, there's no way you can repeal and replace it. You can only amend it. You don't have the votes because Obama's going to veto it. Mm-hmm. And they still did, but it was a good soundbite, and that's what they wanted. They want to be by being the minority. You always have the soundbite to get your reelection. Well, I think that's what they were on because they would have supported Trump. And Trump was, I will say, he was naive in the first two years, believing the Republican because the Democrat Party sticks with the Democrat no matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter they they could steal, but if they're Democrat, they're going to stick by that agenda. And he was thinking the Republicans would back him up because he had such a he won the election, huge landslide. We can think of all the things against him, and that Ryan and them really. Basically screwed him over. Well, they because they, they 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 lied to him on the repeal mm-hmm. and replace, getting that vote, and they lied to him on the fencing. He should have got that fin- the money for the fencing right away. And and he's he needs to just realize that regardless if they say they don't have the votes, I want to see who votes against me. Mm-hmm. Brian, you can say we don't have the votes. Put it up, make them vote on it, so I know who I got to who I got to go after. Well, there, there's no question there, Larry, and I think. I think we're about to see a wholly new, revised, and revamped Trump presidency um, now that yeah. now that he has been exonerated. And and you're absolutely right about the Never Trumpers. The Never Trumpers, and, and I always throw in the establishment Republicans with this. You know, people, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who who listen to me week to week. You know that I will rail on the establishment Republicans just as I will the Democrat Party. And Larry brings up a very good point because the establishment Republicans were no friend of Trump and Trump kind of misplayed that. But it's understandable because you had a businessman, a CEO, a guy who knew how to get things done come into the office of the presidency, which has been the biggest politicized office over the last few years. And the the establishment they didn't want that, and Trump didn't. He just didn't realize that they wouldn't play ball with him. I, I know what Trump thought. You know, hey, I won. This is I, I won as a Republican. This is the Republican Party. Now let's get together and let's do things. And Trump even threw a bone out. You know, the only reason Jeff Sessions was appointed, I think, to the Attorney General is because I think Trump was throwing a bone to the establishment. And when a couple of other appointments that he made, I think were bones being thrown to the establishment and to the Never Trumpers. I do truly believe that Trump tried to bring those factions together. Yep. And and they gave him lip service, but they fought him tooth and nail for two years. And they, they, they did it. There are people inside close to him by saying, hey, you need to get he, his he mm-hmm. trying to appease them, and that gave them the in, they gave them the information needed behind closed doors. Yep, to do what they wanted to sabotage them. Exactly right, and and they they did that sabotaging and and just creeping and 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 slowing every all his agenda down, and they did it under the protection of the Russia collusion. Every one of those establishment Republicans and never Trumpers were either they were hoping that they he would get taken down, or they were just thinking, oh, this guy's not going to survive. Because they you know, continually you know, underestimate him. He deserves so much credit. When you think about what he's accomplished right now, he's basically done it by himself. 
Mm-hmm. He hasn't had any help from support from the Republican Party. I mean, he's gotten he's he's had to force them to put forth what he's wanted to get done. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, I, and it, enough can't be said of what kind of president Trump has become and what he where he could go. And and I say this not not based on. Uh, whether you like Trump's personality or you, oh, I just can't stand his, his tweets and all that mess. I'm asking you, and I ask listeners, you look at the policies. You look at the fight that Trump's got in him because he had to fight the Democrats. He has to fight the never-Trumpers. He has to fight the establishment in Washington. And yet that man is getting things done. There is nothing that Washington, the Washington swamp hates more than some, than a doer. Somebody who actually does what they say and say what they do. And that's what Donald Trump is. And and again, you can hate the man, but you can't hate the policies if you're a conservative or if you're an independent that believes in the, the a better America. And uh, Larry, tell me if I'm wrong on that. No, he, he's, you know, he even brought around Glenn Beck, who was probably his one, who's one who hated him. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's like, listen, I don't like the man. But he has his policy. I was watching a video of the earlier. His policies have been conservative. You can't deny the judges. You can't deny the tax cuts. You can't deny the, the regulate reduction in regulations to make businesses grow. I mean, the first two years without the Republicans, that he was still getting people were getting a thirty percent return in their in their four hundred ones up to that. That's unheard of, right? You know, and he saw the, the employment that people were, were finding jobs and, and there's more plenty of work. Um, unemployment rate in the uh, African American community was at an all time low. Hispanic community all time low. There, so there. He's, he's he's accomplished a lot by himself. Absolutely. Now, Larry, hold hold your thought there because when we come back from this break, I want to go down a few of his accomplishments. I, I want to go through a few of these that would not happen had he not been elected. So you hold tight, ladies and gentlemen. You hold tight right there. On point with Victor. We'll be right back just after this break. Quick stakes. That's Q-U-I-K stakes are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of quick stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's quick stakes, Q-U-I-K stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back. This is On Point with Victor. You're tuned in to America's Web Radio. And uh, once again, folks, uh, look us up. You can watch live on America's Web Radio, or you can just stream it and listen to in your ear pods. Uh, look me up on Facebook, Look uh, Victor Armendariz. Look me up on Instagram, Radio Victor. Uh, Twitter, Radio Victor, and also look up and, and be sure you follow America's Web Radio so you can stay tuned to the uh, the next evolution in talk radio, which is America's Web Radio. So uh, before the break, we were talking about, Larry and I were talking about um, some of the accomplishments. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I bring this up because I want you to just sit there and think, what would have happened if the Never Trumpers got their way? What would have happened if the establishment Republicans had got their way, and and Hillary Clinton would have uh, would have won? Uh, so uh, let me take a break real quick. Uh, uh, Producer Dave just asked me, and, and he's very smart about this, very astute. Uh, I should probably spell my last name. So for those of you looking, it's A R M E. N D A R I Z. Yes, it's tough. Uh, but uh, so so look me up, and I'll I'll go through that spelling again. Uh, but thank you, producer Dave, for that. Um, so anyway, so Larry, let's let's get into this. So if if never Trumpers had got their way, and Hillary had have won, we wouldn't have the lowest black unemployment. We wouldn't have the lowest Hispanic unemployment. We wouldn't have a tax reform. We wouldn't have gotten rid of the Obamacare mandate uh, where government's forcing you to buy something. And, and that's key because just remember that circuit court just um, said now it's unconstitutional. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but those are, those are just a few things. Uh, look, at what's, look at what's happening in North Korea. You know, Larry, do you remember back in the Obama years and, and uh, even in some of the Clinton years, that over and over all the media said was we we have to we have to put the president in uh in a chair across from Kim Jong Un and some of these other figures in Iran and they have to talk they've got to talk we can't get anywhere without talking and even and even some republicans were saying no we can't do that we can't do that some of the establishment no we don't want they didn't want bush to do that so you know you had the typical clinton you had the typical bush you had the typical obama where nothing got done, just a lot of words uh, and fantasies. But then along comes Trump, who, again, comes from the business world, comes from the world of where you do have to sit down and negotiate. And if you've got a crazy person across from you, uh, then you know what? You throw a little crazy. But you sit down, and then you start and you, you tell them the lay of the land. And that's kind of what Trump's done. So that wouldn't have happened. And, and it's funny to watch the, the liberals and the lamestream media lose their minds because Trump had the audacity to go, hey, I can sit down with anyone and negotiate. Doesn't mean I'm going to make a deal. Doesn't mean I'm going to accept a deal. But we won't get there if we don't sit down and talk. So that's another thing that wouldn't, that wouldn't have happened. Um, I mean, Larry, what are, what are some of the biggest ones you see that we wouldn't, we wouldn't be where we are today? Had well, a Hillary I'm sorry, I'm kind of chuckling a little bit because as you were mentioning that, he goes there and does it. He's almost like, you know, if you're a Trekkie fan, he's almost like Captain Kirk. He goes and beams on to take care of the issues right there. He's going to be the one negotiating. So 
So I was just having a chuckle on that because that's what I kind of think of when I think of Trump now, <laughs> uh, beam, beaming into where he needs to be. be the, he's the captain of the ship, and he's going to do the negotiating. Uh, but now to your point on things that, that we wouldn't have if it wasn't for Trump. Again, even talking to North Korea, if you look at before Trump came into office, it was almost like when Carter was in office before Reagan. You had all these missiles and test firings going on, and boom, as soon as Trump comes, when Barack Obama was there, Trump comes in office, stops. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you look at the economy taking off, that, you know, the, the market kind of rallied, and uh, interest rates stayed, stayed down where we're at. But the market rallied, and they said it's not going to. You can't just bring businesses back to from overseas, and yet businesses are coming back from overseas. You're not going to be able to bring manufacturing back into the United hmm. States. Well, manufacturing is coming back into the United States. Well, hang on, Larry. You remember, you know, back in, uh, I don't remember what year it was, but not only did Obama back then say, uh, you, you didn't build that. Uh, someone, else, someone else built that for you. So he started that mantra, and then in 2016, had the audacity to stand in front of a union union worker. He did a town hall, and a, and a union worker stood up, and he said, my job's leaving. My job has left this country. What are we going to do? What can you do as a president? And Obama stood there and looked at him and goes, well, those jobs are gone. We can't get those back. Uh, 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 this is the new America. And, and, uh, and then uh, somebody asked him, well, Trump said, and then Obama's response is, what, 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 what are you going to do? What, 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 does he have a magic wand? So, Larry, why – let me ask you this, just not to get off the point a little bit, but, Larry, shouldn't the the RNC and, and Trump and anyone else, any, any Republican or conservative PAC, start throwing together some commercials? Would that not be a great commercial to show uh, Obama saying that – asking if Trump has a magic wand and then show Trump with a magic wand? I think I think Don Jr. did something like spoof on. How's that magic wand working out for us? You know, yeah. did a spoof on it. But the other thing is, uh, you know, President Obama coined the phrase um, "leading from behind." Mm. <laughs> like, mm. like that really works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so uh, I mean, and Trump is 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 taking the bull by the horns. He's up front. He says what he wants. And remember, don't forget when he went over to the European Union to, to Europe. And he called out Angela Merkel for you're saying you you know NATO you got we need to pony up all this money for NATO yet you're making a to protect you against Russia and you're making a side deal with your with the people you're telling us we need to protect you from and he just called it right out front he didn't hide it where before all the diplomacy was behind doors everybody was smiling and shaking hands and everything's kumbaya and Trump's like no 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 I'm going to call you out I'm going to expose you mm-hmm. and that's why you see a lot of the protests going on in Europe because he's exposed it. Well, without a doubt, you know that you bring that. That's a great point, Larry. You bring up the yellow shirts, is who you're. I think you're referring to, or the yellow vest uh, in France, for instance, um, who are finally and they're finally seeing what uh, this socialist. Uh, oh my goodness, Larry, do you remember his name? It's escaping me. Macoun, Macoun, I believe, is the prime minister there in France, who has uh, jumped both feet into the pool of socialism and green this, green that. And, and uh, I mean, he started the Green New Deal before Ocasio-Cortex started talking about the Green Deal and, and was 100% for the Paris Accord and forcing, in fact, when he started forcing some of the Paris Accord on his people there in Paris and France, they started uprising. And, and one of the reasons they did it was because Trump was at the forefront and had the audacity to call McCoon out. And, and say, look, I, I'll be your friend, and, and I will work with you, but I'm not going to go down the Paris Accord road 
we're not going to force the United States into all these ridiculous regulations when no one else in the country is going to do it. I mean, uh, in the world is going to do it. Um, and and now you start seeing the yellow vest, the people that are getting be- because they don't want eight dollar a gallon gas, and that's what they were getting. So to your point, Larry, you're seeing those uprisings start to happen in Europe, led really, really starting in France, where they're starting to stand up to socialism. In fact, there were you won't see this on the CBS, NBC, and ABC, and all the other lamestream media channels, but. There were people in groups uh, in France that were praising Donald Trump. They were holding up and chanting support for Donald Trump. I mean, when was the last time we saw that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they were saying they were chanting, "We want Trump." else. so him exposing them in front is giving them the the um, the confidence and realize that hey, we need to stand up and fight because we're, if we're you know by the nature of being conservative, you just want to be leave everybody alone. You leave me alone, and we'll be fine. But the progressives and the liberals don't do that. They they want to still get in your face until they get their way. They won't let everything just be be everybody be take care of themselves. Well, remember, Larry, uh, the progressive agenda is you is time after time after time is rejected by the American people. The American people reject it. The voters reject it uh, time and time again. Even in California, when they put some of these progressive things on a on the ballot. The California people reject it, and then what happens? They go and legislatively or through the courts ram it through and force it upon the people, and and that's what progressivism does or is trying to do to the country as a whole. Um, this is why, and and I'm going to deviate a little bit, Larry, and let me get your point on this. But this is why the Democrat Party, today's Democrat Party, is trying to stack the courts. And they want to get rid of the Electoral College. Now, folks, why on earth would a, would a party in this country want to stack the Supreme Court? Why would they want to add justices? Well, their, point, their goal is to be able to control the justice um, the wing of, of the government. Uh, because if you, if you control the judicial branch, then you, you turn it into a legislative branch. And that's how you start forcing progressivism. Uh, and then why would you want to get rid of the Electoral College? Well... If you can let this, the California and New York decide the president and decide the direction of the country, to hell with the rest of the country. That's the way they look at this. So, so Larry, give me your quick opinion on on this run that that every candidate for the for the Democrat Party right now is running on, which is get rid of the electoral college and and let's stack the uh, stack the Supreme Court. Well, you, you had it on, on on the head there with the. By stacking the courts where they have, they can overrule what people pass legislatively uh, through the system you're supposed to. The courts aren't supposed; their courts aren't supposed to be doing overruling on that stuff. As far as the electoral college, the, the um, founding fathers, the reason they hold, reason they set it up is that that um, everybody then would be represented. You got 12 states right now that want to over have signed legislation; they'll go with the popular vote, and that's not constitutional. And so, that, you know, they, they can't, because then they could be voting based on popular vote, but their state could have voted the other way. And that means those people who voted have no vote. Mm-hmm. You're taking their vote away from them. You can't do that. So, um, and they just want the popular vote. They, with, you know, you're, you always talk about how Hillary won the popular vote by like three million. Well, they've already found over a million, I think it was, that were illegal, that shouldn't be voted or anything else, that there were right. problems there. But look at the majority of her votes came in California. California. Mm-hmm. If you took yeah. away California, she wouldn't have won the popular vote. No. I've always said if you want to be fair, 
what you should do with the Electoral College is, it, because the way it goes is, is how many congressional districts plus your two senators. So I think Georgia has, what, 13, mm-hmm. uh, 15 electoral votes, you know, 13 districts and 15 mm-hmm. electoral college votes for the two senators. Mm-hmm. It should be the popular vote for your congressional district goes to that candidate. And then the, the popular vote for the state will get the two senate electoral votes. And that way, every district represented exactly how they voted. If you look at California, no longer you have winner take all, and they get fifty-seven electoral votes going because they have Los Angeles and San Francisco mm-hmm. basically controlling the, the control in the state. The rest of the state has something that would break down California. So instead of being fifty-seven all going Democrat, you'd probably be looking at thirty-two mm-hmm. going well, Democrat, and the remaining part going to the Republican person. Now, see, Larry, there you go using common sense and logic. And that is not going to fly. That would be fair. <laughs> that, that's well, set up that way. Well, it's not going to fly with the Hippocrat Party. because, And I call it the Hippocrat Party because how often do they use the word fair? It's got to be fair. But yet when you come up with a proposal like that, Larry, which once again, Larry demonstrates why he is my Newt Gingrich, uh, that, that is a very, very common sense, logical, and fair thing to do. But it would put California in play, and it would put... Parts of New, New York in play. New York, exactly. It would put parts of New York in play. And then that's just going to work against a Democrat agenda, and uh, that will never fly. So, but I love it, Larry. We we should have to, we we should push that a little more right along uh, with your education plan. <laughs> which which before we end today, I'll we, we we're going to have to do another rundown of the education plan. Okay. Because I think uh, I think it's absolutely brilliant what what you've come up with. Well, um, I was just looking at you got to do catchphrases, and the Democrats are really good about catch, catchphrases. So their thing is uh, fifteen living wage. We need fifteen wa- minimum wage. So let's take take their fifteen, and we'll say we'll make that fifteen for semester hours. That you can only that's the maximum you're going to pay fifteen dollars per semester hour. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when you take a semester of college, whatever it is, what, 12, anywhere from 12 to 15 hours. But let's say you took 15 is a full semester. Now you're only looking at $225 to go to college for that semester. And books should be free. We should, ha- we should not have the books are way overpriced. You should not allow professors to write a book to make it mandatory for students to have to take. You look at, I think, was it the um, books have tripled in price in 20 years? Mm-hmm. Or in the last two decades, we, yeah, textbook costs have tripled in the last two decades. Oh yeah, some and of them more than that. that. That's how they're getting the money. And so we just need to alleviate that. Books are free, and then you can put administrative fees can't be more than fifteen hundred. So I'm keeping the fifteen, but making it where it's affordable. So now you could go to college for one semester with administrative fees, books, and your tuition or anything else, and you'd be under two thousand dollars. That's affordable. See, that's not only affordable, it makes sense. And and that opens the door to you love to hear the left loves to use the term access. Everyone should have access. Well, look, I'm going to tell you right now, not everyone wants to go to college, not everyone should go to college. And and the other thing we need to add to your plan, Larry, is is, is technical colleges and 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 vocational schools like that. Um but but we'll you know what I got. I, I want to get into that a little bit more. Um, uh, let's do it on the other side of the break. So you hold tight, Larry. Uh, sure. Listeners out there, you hold real tight. Uh, we're going to get back, and we're going to make this a fun uh, discussion about education. So we'll be right back after this break. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. 
These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to On Point with Victor. I am Victor Armendariz, and that is A-R-M-E-N-D-A-R-I-Z as in zebra. Uh, look me up on Facebook. Um, I'd love to hear from you. And again, uh, I love f- for listeners to challenge me, and I know there are a few out there that love doing it. Uh, so so uh, don't hesitate to challenge me. Um, I don't get mad. I don't get angry. And if you call me names and get mad at me, I'll just ignore you. Uh, but look me up, uh, Radio Victor on Twitter, Radio Victor on Instagram. Uh, I love it. And I, I hear from listeners all the time. Um, in fact, I, I got a message just uh, just a little while ago from uh, uh, my one of my favorite, favorite former Marines, Charles Justice. Uh, he's tuning in today. And uh, my favorite truck driver and drummer uh, from the band Pointless, uh, he's listening today, uh, Scotty Flickner. Uh, so... I love it, listeners. I love love hearing from you guys. So, um, so, 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 stay in touch with me. Um, all right, Larry. Let me get back to this. You know, Larry, real quick. Um, just just before we go off on the education thing, um, I want to point out that about this whole the Mueller. Not only did they find no collusion, the Mueller team spent over twenty five million taxpayer dollars. That is $25 million that could have been put towards uh, border security. That could have been put in how many places, Larry, could that money have done some good? I would have rather, Larry, I would have rather given every citizen in this country $5 from the government instead of spend it on a, on a hoax uh, like, like we just did for two years. Well, the only thing I want to see in that report is what investigation they do on the other side. Did they look at Uranium One? Did they look at the Clinton Foundation as her Secretary of State? Did they look at when Obama and the FISA... You know, how much of the investigation went at least looking at the other side? And I think hardly any of it did. I I would venture right now, Larry, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to tell you that they didn't do any of that. And the reason why 
uh, the, I think they didn't do any any investigative look or any real true look at the uh, where real collusion happened, which was in the Hillary campaign. They didn't do any of that because the whole reason I think that you had Rosenstein uh, and and I and I'm like you, Larry. I throw Sessions into this mess because I think Sessions was a swamp rat. Um, but you look at Rosenstein. You look at uh, Mueller in the back. Look at Mueller's history from from back what, where he was in the nineties and 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 the oh, early the Enron scandal. Exactly. Uh, see, Larry, I knew I could count on you. Uh, but you and then you look at Clapper, Brennan, uh, Peter Stroke, Lisa Page. You look at all of these people, McCabe, and. Why they were doing what they were doing to to get and Comey? Why did Comey want Mueller? Why did he want his friend Mueller to lead up the special counsel? Mueller, uh, Comey didn't just want a special counsel named; he wanted Mueller named. And I believe that this was done as a cover up. They were covering up and protecting Hillary. Uh, that was oh, the and, whole and goal. And their actions, yes. And their actions. There, there, there's so much culpability to go around when you look at Rosenstein and uh, McCabe and. And Comey and Clapper and Brennan, um, there's plenty of blame, and I believe they were all all in on this as a cover-up. And Mueller, well, that, that may be why Rosenstein's still there right now. Remember, he was supposed to mm-hmm. leave, and yes. I think Barr has found so much stuff that he did wrong that if he leaves, he can then be charged and get disbarred. By staying, he's able probably maybe cooperating with Barr. I I have a you know Larry, I'm glad you brought that up because. I uh, was 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 talking about that um, with some other people this past weekend. Uh, I believe you hit the nail on the head. I believe Rosenstein. You know, the media won't say anything, and and uh, I'm not even hearing it on conservative radio. So, folks, you're probably hearing it here first. But again, that's why this is the next evolution in talk radio, America's Web Radio. Um, but you haven't heard anything from Rosenstein, and Larry, I think you're right. I think Rosenstein is in. I'm going to protect my derriere mode, right? And and um, it is clear, Larry, absolutely clear that Rose. We know Rosenstein signed off on. I believe the last five, or the second or third the last, FISA. The last one he did signed off on. So he FISA. signed off on the last FISA warrant, knowing, knowing full well. That the dossier was uncorroborated, the dossier was unverified. He knew it was paid for by Hillary, and not once did he mention to the FISA judge. But yet he signed off on the on the last yep. uh, FISA. So Rosenstein's up to this to his eyeballs, and I believe you're right. I believe he's in protection mode, and uh, I think Barr is probably. What I hope happens is I hope Barr has the guts and has the spine. The backbone, if you will, to pursue the real investigation that needs to happen. And it's two-tier. We have to investigate how the hoax got this far. We have to investigate how it was allowed for this coup to take place and make it for two years. That needs to be investigated. And then we need to go back and investigate Hillary's role in the dossier, Hillary's role in Uranium One. How on earth do you approve the, the sale of most of our uranium to Russia, to Putin, the very guy that we're supposed to think was colluding with Trump? But yet, when you look at the real facts and, and follow the money, the money that went from Russia to Hillary's camp, well, to Hillary's foundation in exchange for uranium, the, it's not rocket science, Larry. It's all right there. 
No, they they need to charge Clapper and Comey with a crime. But hey, before your your time goes, can I mention one thing? Kind of going back to the education, real yeah, quick. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Larry. Let's go okay. back. You know, real real quick. I had well, a I listener. I punched some numbers real quick, and remember, I was saying fifteen dollars a semester hour, fifteen hours a semester. Yeah. is like two hundred twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at University of Georgia right now. Undergraduate enrollment is twenty eight thousand eight hundred forty eight people. If you do that at two twenty five, that's six point five million for one semester, just in student fees per hour. If you add a fifteen hundred dollar per student administrative fee, that's forty three million two hundred combined you're looking at just under fifty million like forty nine point seven eight million dollars in one semester in in in, tu- in tuition with administrative fees. Wow. You're so that, telling me they can't operate on that? And that's one semester. And Larry, that's one semester that they're going to be bringing in is just under $50 million if they did this plan. And Larry, remind me again how many semesters there are in a year? Well, generally a full-time student is going to be anywhere from 12 to, to 15 hours. Okay. Because you know, each, each class is like three semester hours, mm-hmm. three semester hours here and like that. So generally a full-time student is going to be like 15 semester hours. So there is... So common so sense would that, dictate. That's the numbers that you're looking at. That doesn't count the fact that you have over 100, 100 uh, schools have over a billion dollars in endowments. In endowments. In their bank. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So so common sense would dictate that they can run these schools and make they, them they affordable. They absolutely do. They, they can, can have, as far as giving scholarships away for administrative scholarships, they've got the endowments for that. As far as athletic scholarships, the, the, the athletic program can pay for that. The money they make on TV rights can pay for the athletic scholarships. Absolutely. And so what, what we have... And you have proved right here on On Point with Victor is that if they really cared about the students, they could make it affordable right now. And still make money. And still make money. So they could make school, college affordable to everyone who wanted to go. They could make it affordable. You wouldn't have to uh, play footsies with Hollywood rich guys, the Hollywood elite, and, and take payments from them to get their kids in. Any kid could get in if they meet the qualifications because it would be affordable. So who does that that serve? That serves the American people. That serves students. So, Larry, tell me why they won't do this. Well, because they're, they're, they want more and more money. They're just, it's just greed. Like, well, they want. you got professors making you know more than a, a CEO of a co- company. And they're just a, a, and they're not teaching every single course, and the people aren't going to be getting a job from them. They're they're overpaying. You got these professors who want these high salaries, and I'm not saying they're worth. You get what you're worth and everything else, but it doesn't make sense to be paying them for some of the things that they're doing when they're just keeping the same material mm-hmm. over and over again. Well, I always go back to when we put a man on the moon with a stubby pencil and a slide rule. We have not <laughs> topped that. Yeah, that's right. So, no, you're you're you know, right, you, and you, you can't tell me that we're improving things if we haven't been able to do top what they're doing there. Absolutely, and and it. And again, it's it's one reason, Larry, is the schools don't want to depend on students, and they don't really have the students' best interest at heart. They have the power structure, and they, they want to be in bed with politicians, they, especially the progressives, because the college is the place of indoctrination now, not not just colleges. I mean, high schools, and that's that's why, Larry, I want to get rid of the Department of Education. Well, that's right. We do. Yeah, we we shouldn't have the Department of Education. I was watching a video just yesterday talking to millennials. I forget it was like I forget the name of the site. Um, not Flexus, but the one girl who does it with Infowars. But she was asking millennials, can they just de- determine uh, capitalism or socialism? And they couldn't define them. They didn't know the difference. And that's by design. 
and, yeah. and it's like, are you kidding me? These are these are college kids, and they didn't know the difference. They couldn't even say what capitalism was. Exactly right. Well, you know, I can sum it up real quick for all the students out there. Uh, you know, capitalism is a tool that we, the people, use to to it's just a tool that we use it's a it's an economic tool where socialism is a government that forces behavior uh larry we're going to have to leave it right there man this i i know it flies by but larry i'm going to have you back um because i want to get into this more i you wouldn't believe the number of responses i've gotten right now on just through um social media about this discussion on education. So I want to have you back. We're going to do it again. Thank you so much, Larry. All right. Have a good one, Victor. Thanks. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening. And thank you for all the comments that I'm getting. Uh, in the next hour, I might just uh, reference a couple of them just to, just to let uh, all the other listeners know out there what's going on. Thank you again. Uh, you guys hold tight. We will be back after this break to start the second hour. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, so, uh, listener Lewis, you are absolutely right about that. Um, I also want to want to mention I've got a listener out there that also corrected me. I, I believe the uh, the molar when you tab tab up tabulate, I should say, all the cost and money spent. I believe we're going to get into the area of uh, of about thirty five million dollars. So so uh, ponder that. Um, what could you do with thirty five million dollars? Because the special counsel spent it like it was uh, growing on trees. Uh, so boy, what a, what a great hour that was. So uh, now I want to get into uh, another. You know, I'm going to move. I'm going to continue with the Mueller discussion uh, in just a few. I'm going to have uh, the lawyer of lawyers, uh, the, uh, the who I like to refer to as as Mark the Shark. Uh, he's going to be joining us in a, in a few, and uh, we're we're going to break down a little bit more of the Mueller investigation. And don't worry, we'll make it interesting uh, because there's there's just this stuff has we've we, we've got to understand what happened. We have to look and review what happened. So not to be vindictive or anything like that. We need to know what happened so we can never allow it to happen again. Uh, we, the people in this wonderful country, control this country uh, or should. We should be the voice of this country. Um, you know, it, it, I, I talk about all the time the amazingness of the United States of America and how proud I am to be a product of this country. Uh, those of you new to the show, I am of Hispanic descent. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Mexico where, where a lot of my family still lives to this day. Um, I love the country of Mexico. Um, I, I have a lot of passion for it. Um, my father has a lot of passion. That's his home country. But... I was fortunate enough to be born in the United States, and my father was fortunate enough to be welcomed by the United States and and become a citizen of this great country. Um, I, I, so I, I have so much love for the country and the system of government that we have, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, if you're a if you're a millennial or a current high school student, and you don't know much about the Constitution, it's probably not your fault. It's the uh, it's the government schools that don't want to teach it. 
But there's a reason we have done more in less time than any country on the planet. Uh, it's, it's our system of government. Uh, we are the only system of government that has a document called the United States Constitution that specifically restricts the power of the government. It shows the power of freedom, liberty, and independence. It shows what people have and why the people rule the govern and not the govern rule the people. That is why we are a republic of, of law. We're a democratic republic. We're, we're, you can say it different ways, but you can't leave out the word republic because we're a rule of law. Uh, we are not a democracy. You will never hear me on this radio show or anyone else's show that I happen to be a guest on refer to this country as a democracy. Because we are not, and and I get, uh, boy, that is a pet peeve with me. If you can't tell that I, and I'm not, uh, not mad at you, listeners out there. I just get passionate um, when we talk about uh, the number of 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 administrative officials, the number of politicians, the number of professors, the number of so-called scholar lawyers out there that will refer to the United States as a democracy. We're not. Um, now, we may be headed that way just because of the progressive agenda. Um, we may be headed that way with uh, with the, the quest of the Democrat Party to get rid of the Electoral College. Um, you know, the Electoral College is one of the brilliance of the United States Constitution. It's it's the brilliance of the founding fathers to to understand that coming from a monarchy, coming from oppression, they had the wisdom to put in something like the Electoral College so that the little guy is never forgotten. And and that is the main purpose of electoral college is so the little guy the little city the little state doesn't get left behind they doesn't get pushed aside ladies and gentlemen understand if we went by the popular vote then we're heading towards mob rules then you're headed towards democracy democracy is one of the worst form of governments possible a pure democracy is is horrible because it's mob rules um, that's effectively putting a sheep around five wolves and saying, what's for lunch? Well, what do you think is going to happen? Mob's going to rule that day. And, and that's what we need to stay away from. But there's a reason that the progressive want to go that route. Because when you have mob rules or popular vote... Then you've got a major city in California, a major city in Illinois, and a major city in New York. That's it. They are going to determine the president. They will determine the, 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 the road that we take or that, that the federal government takes. That means that every other state basically has no say. Every small city would have no say. Every rural farmer out there would have no say in who governs him. Um, and this, this goes also straight to Colorado and, and the other states that are trying to change the way that the state allocates its, uh, its electoral votes. They want to do, uh, base it on the popular vote of the country. Well, that means that in Colorado, if you're in Durango or if you're in another Pueblo, you know, a small city in Colorado, your vote means nothing. You can vote for your representative, but it means nothing because if they go with a popular vote, they're going to go with the country, not your state. And there is a reason why 
we have the type of government set up the way we do where the power resides with the states. It's very clear in the enumerated powers and the Constitution. It's very clear that any power not delegated to the federal government is delegated to the states or regulated to the states. Um, You know, there is a reason that we believe in state powers. There's a reason we have the Tenth Amendment. Um, man, I hope I got that right. I don't. Uh, sometimes I, I get going and I get my amendments confused, but we do have states' rights, and there's a reason it's in the Constitution. Um, this all power not delegated to the federal government should reside in the states, and. What the Founding Fathers meant by that was to keep the federal government as small as possible. The federal government should not be huge because the bigger it gets, the bigger bureaucracy gets, the more control the federal government gets over the states and over the people. And that is not a good thing. Trust me. Just look at history and you'll see why that's not a good thing. Um, it, it's, I could go on and on about that and praising the Founding Fathers, <laughs> but um, I, I'm going to move on a little bit and... and uh, but I just wanted to get that out there. Uh, you, you, ladies and gentlemen, we we do not want to let go the power of the individual. And and today's Democrat Party, that's their goal. They, they do not like individualism. Um, in fact, I would challenge any of you out there, especially if you're on the left, if you're one of my Democrat listeners, and if you think today's Democrat Party is anything like the Democrat Party of the Kennedy years, even the Clinton years, it's not even like that anymore. I challenge you to go find a speech by any of today's Democrats and find me where they use the word independence. Find me where they refer to the individual. I, I almost guarantee you that you won't find me one Democrat, especially one candidate running for president for 2020, who will use the word independence or will use the, or refer to an individual or individual rights. You're not going to find it because it's not there. They don't believe in that right now. Um, they're all moving to uh, this idea of uh, democracy, which mob rules. Uh, everything is identity. Everything to the Democrat is a group. You're a black group. You're a Hispanic group. You're a gay group. You're LGBTQRSTRIV group. You're, I mean, you name it, and you're a victim. The Democrat Party of today... The progressives who have taken it over look at you, the American people, as victims. You're victims of the government. You're victims of the Constitution. You're victims of the white founding fathers. You're victims of, of you. I mean, you. I could go on and on. That's today's Democrat Party. This is why I rail on today's Democrat Party. It's why I differentiate between the Kennedy Democrat Party and today's Democrat Party because it's not the same. I understand if you grew up being told you had to be a Democrat. You had no heart if you're not a Democrat. You don't care if you're not a Democrat. I I understand that. I don't believe it, but I understand it. Uh, But you have to be able to step back and look at today's Democrat Party. Look at the actions of today's Democrat candidate. Look at what Elizabeth Warren saying and doing. Look at what Cory Booker says and does. Look at what uh, Beto says and does. I mean, come on. Beto O'Rourke can't even use his real name. He has to be a fake Hispanic. That is a Democrat 
guy who is one of the whitest candidates out there who is trying to convince you that he's Hispanic. Okay, that is today's Democrat Party. Then you got Kamala Harris. Look and see what she's talking about. Then you've got, uh, I mean, I could just, I can't even remember all of them now because I think there's about a hundred or so people running for the Democrat uh, nomination. Uh, but it, it, it's just over and over and over just the things that they say. Nothing has to do with the individual spirit. Nothing has to do with American exceptionalism. Nothing has to do with with the uh, American ingenuity, the ingenuity of an individual. Um, nothing about self-responsibility. You're not going to hear any of those terms. Not with today's Democrat Party. So that's what I want you guys out there who, who, who have been raised uh, that you have to vote for the letter D. It is time to step back from the letter D. I'm not telling you to go run off and vote for the letter R. I'm not telling you to go run and vote for the letter L. But what I am telling you is to step back. Divorce yourself from the letter D. Take that power back. Become an individual again. Become independent again. Look, as an independent, you can vote for an R or a D or an L on the same ticket. You can you don't have to vote for straight down R, straight down D. Now I have some Republican establishment friends that will get very mad at me today. I'll hear from them. Why are you telling people not to vote R down the ticket? Well, I got news for you. I don't vote R down the ticket. Uh, I vote libertarian and independent whenever possible. Uh, but when I see a good candidate that, that's running on the Republican ticket, I'll vote for him. Now, if you find me a good Democrat, I could even vote for a Democrat. I can't vote for today's Democrat Party because all of the ones who used to make sense back in the Kennedy years, even some in the Clinton years, they're gone. They were the so-called blue-collar Democrats. They're gone. They're nowhere to be found. Uh, and there's a reason for that. The progressives have taken over this party. So I, I, I just I, I urge you, step back and just pay attention and, and don't take things from the surface. When you hear a sound bite, sound bites sound great. But don't just take those sound bites and take it to heart. You need to investigate more. Do a little research. When you hear a sound bite that sounds good, like free college, free housing, free health care, take a step back and understand, okay, nothing's free. That's not the way the world works. So somebody's got to pay for that. So so let me stop with the soundbite and let me explore what Bernie Sanders means when he talks about uh, free this and free that. Let me look back at Bernie's history where that man sat in communist Russia and said bread lines were okay. Bread lines were good because eventually you're going to get a crumb or you might be able to pick up a crumb that somebody drops. But in a free market society and capitalism, oh, somebody might go star and starve. He said that, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't say that. Bernie Sanders said that. So when you have this outlandish remarks coming from a political party, today's progressive Democrats, you need to step back. So again, I'm not telling you to go run to the Republican Party. I'm not telling you to give up everything you believe. But I am telling you, take your power back. You have so much power in your vote. I don't even think half the people realize it. Uh, let's take the black population. 
you guys and I have so many friends, you know, I, on the Hispanic. Look, I'm Hispanic, and I have a lot of Hispanic friends that vote Democrat because they've fallen into the same trap that many black Americans have fallen into. And if you're a black American out there and you're blindly voting Democrat, you're giving your power away because they're taking advantage of you. The politicians on both sides will do this if you don't keep them in check. They will take advantage of you. They will use you. There is a reason that the the term useful idiots exist. There's a reason that that term exists. And, And today... If if you're a black voter and a Hispanic voter and you're blindly voting Democrat, I got news for you. You're a useful idiot. Because if you're blindly voting for a letter D just because you think your skin color dictates that you should vote for that letter, you're giving away your power. You're giving away your vote. Your politician that you support should earn your vote, and you should make them earn it every day, not just every election. They have to earn that. So imagine the message that today's uh, black voter or Hispanic voter could send to the Democrat Party if you guys, if just 30% or 40% or 50% of you guys... If you step back and said, you know what, we are tired of the 50 years of Democrat control and going nowhere. We're tired of the promises. If you're a black voter and you live in Chicago, maybe you're tired of the gun violence. Maybe you're tired of welfare. Maybe you're tired of food stamps. Well, Lou's been running the city of Chicago for 50 years. Democrats, if you're in Detroit and you're tired of manufacturing going away, you're tired of losing industry, you're tired of, of, of dirty water, who's been running that city? Democrats. You won't find one Republican within 30 miles or more of the city of Detroit or Chicago. And if you're in New Orleans... Maybe you're tired of failing uh, water, the, the, the oh, I'm going to forget what they're called, but, you know, basically, for lack of a better term, the dams um, and the pumps that they use to keep water out of that city. Maybe you're tired of them failing. Maybe you're tired of political promises that infrastructure is going to be fixed. Maybe you're tired of being promised one promise after another. Who's been running the city of New Orleans? Democrats. Your progressive Democrat party. Uh, let me bring it local. If you're in South DeKalb and, and you are tired of some of Georgia's high taxes, if you're tired of businesses fleeing South DeKalb, if you're tired of looking at North DeKalb going, boy, I wish we could do that. I, I wish the new uh, so-and-so restaurant would open in South DeKalb because they open in North DeKalb. Well, if you're tired of that, Who's been running your city? Who's been running your part of the state? Democrats. And yet, every election, you go and you vote for a Democrat. Every election, you go and you say, well, you know, my mama voted Democrat. My daddy said I had to be a Democrat. My granddaddy voted Democrat. So I got to go vote for D. 
or you go to the election day and you say, well, you know, I saw such and such politician. He, he bounced a basketball around or he kicked a soccer ball around and he said, you've got to vote down ticket the letter D. And, and then you go and you do it. And then you want to complain when nothing changes. And then you want to go find a Republican that's a hundred miles away in some city down in North and South Georgia or Southern Illinois. You want to go find that Republican and blame him or her. Does that make sense? Look. It doesn't make sense. And since this is the place for common sense radio, since this is the place for logic, this is on point with Victor. I'm not going to let these politicians get away with it. Not on this show. And I can't let you, the voter, continue to do this. I at least have to bring it to light. And I hope that that some of you that are listening to me out there will hear me and just, just, just for a second think for yourself. Just for a second, pull back and tell your, go to your next Democrat meeting and go and tell them, I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence for 2020. Go to your next Democrat meeting and have the courage, have the backbone to say, you know what? You're not getting my vote blindly. I'm going to hold reservation. I'm going to hold my vote right now because I'm going to sit on this fence because right now I'm seeing a better economy. I'm seeing more money in, in my wallet. I'm seeing black unemployment rate be at historic lows. There are more black Americans working today than in the history of this country. There are more Hispanics working today than in the history of this country. There are, uh, the un- unemployment rate for the Hispanics is at a record low, right along there with the black Hispanic, I mean, <laughs> the black Hispanic, <laughs> there are black Hispanics. Um, I have some in my family. Um, but what I mean is the, the black unemployment rate, the Hispanic unemployment rate, both of them are at historic lows. There is a reason for that. We have made an economy right now or are creating an economy right now that is working for all people. That is what I want you to step back and look at. So if you are one of these voters who votes for a letter and you've been doing that and you want to see how much power you really have, you want to put the fear of God in your elected official, go to the next town hall, go to the next meeting, and tell them you're on the fence. Tell them they don't have your vote in their pocket. Tell them you're an individual again. Tell them you're going to think for yourself now. You're turning over a new leaf, and you're going to make them earn that vote. And you're going to see, you won't believe what you'll see. They'll go into an utter panic. You want to see politicians panic? You start exercising your power of choice. You exercise that power, and you're going to be calling me on this radio station, and you're going to be thanking me. And you're going to go, man, Victor, you 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 didn't even make it. Even though you're passionate, you didn't make that argument good enough because you're not going to believe the power that your vote has. You don't need a gun. You don't need a knife. You don't need a picket sign. You don't need to rush the polls with uh, pickets and, and picket lines. You just need your vote. You've got the power. That thing, that decision that you make at the voting machine, your vote, that's the power that every American citizen has. And it's equal power. 
I don't care if you're black, white, yellow, red, brown. It doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't see color. Your vote doesn't see creed. Your vote doesn't see 1% or 10% or the bottom 50%. Your vote doesn't see poverty. Your vote puts you on an equal playing field. Your vote makes you just as powerful as the person who ha- who may be uh, a-, a gazillionaire. And maybe you're not. But your vote is just as powerful. And why is it just as powerful? Because nothing stops you from getting up and going to your polling booth. Nothing stops you from going in, getting in line, and pulling the lever or punching the button Whatever voting machine your state has, nothing stops you. And if you're one of those that sits at home and listens to a progressive Democrat tell you that you're oppressed or tells you that you can't go vote because there's voter suppression, then you're just a damn idiot. Uh, I'm sorry. I can't sugarcoat that. Because there is no way in the United States of America that you can't get to a polling booth and vote. Now... If you have issues and can't get, can't drive yourself, you can't walk. Now that's another issue. And I promise you there is a neighbor or there is an organization that will take you to the voting polls. So that's not an excuse. And if you can't, if you have, uh, for some reason, you're not capable of casting the vote on your own, there are organizations that will help you. There are people that will stand with you in the voting booth to help you cast your vote. So that's not an excuse. So again, there is no greater power than your vote. There is no equal footing or equal ground. Nothing puts you on equal ground like your vote. But you have to take control of that vote. You've got to be willing to take control of your vote. You have to be willing to say, I am a black man. I am a black woman. I am a Hispanic man. I am a Hispanic woman who is not going to blindly vote for a D or blindly vote for an R. I am a minority who's not going to blindly give my vote to a one party. That is the greatest power you have. And you have that power that doesn't cost you a dime. That power doesn't cost you anything because it's your God-given right as an American citizen. Now, I know many people don't, even college professors, that there isn't a, a constitutional right to vote, but there is the duty to vote. And there are, there are constitutional uh, rights to not be um to not be allowed to be discriminated or to be to be discriminated against there are laws against discrimination every state probably to this date they do have voting rights so there really is no excuse to not go and vote and that again is your power but you've got to have the courage to look at your elected official, look at your local Democrat party group or Republican group or Libertarian group to be able to look at them and go, you don't have my vote until I 
give you that vote. You can't count on my vote until I decide that you've earned that vote. I decide. I, me, the individual who holds this one vote, I will make the decision on who gets it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do that, you will put the fear of God in every politician in Washington. You want to put the fear of God in the swamp? Let them believe that you're going to take your vote and you're going to take it elsewhere. Let me tell you something. Today's progressive Democrat Party takes the black vote and the Hispanic vote and the woman vote for granted. The progressive Democrat Party will tell women that their bodies are going to be abused by the other side and they, um, they're not, they're, their bedroom is going to be invaded. They'll tell you all these things so they can take advantage of your vote. Black voters, you're told by the progressive Democrat Party that you're going to be put in chains again if the Republicans have power. They take advantage of your vote. Hispanics, you're being told even if you're legal, that you're going to be deported. I mean, they tell you this stuff. They 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 tell you this. Trust me, I'm a Hispanic. I hear this stuff. This is the stuff they put out there because they take advantage of your vote. Now, ladies and gentlemen, sit on that for a little bit. We're going to a much-needed break. I need a drink of water. You're listening to America's Web Radio. We'll be right back. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's D-O-C-S, the number four, patientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. Boy, sometimes these breaks go by so fast, I forget to drink the water that I told myself I was going to drink. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Common Sense Radio. This is your stop for Logic Radio. This is uh, America's Web Radio. I am Victor Armendariz. This is On Point with Victor. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to take a moment to to thank some new listeners. Um, we've got some new listeners listening to us from, uh, I think, all the way up in Virginia and in Illinois. Um, I want to thank you, if you those listeners, uh, for tuning in. Um, uh, we're going to go to the phones here in a second. Uh, I believe I have Mark on the line. Mark, uh, hold tight. 
Uh, I'm going to get to you, you in a second. Oh, awesome. I'm going to get to you in a second. Uh, but I do want to just thank, thank again to all the new listeners. Um, it's, I, I can't tell you how humbled I am, uh, that, that, um, that those of you to tune in every week and then the new listeners every week and, and the, the new listeners I'm hearing from today. This is great. Thank you so much. I am absolutely honored that uh, that you will uh, put up with me for for this time. <laughs> and I'm getting uh, hand signals from producer Dave <laughs> that I can't repeat on this <laughs> on the airwaves. Um, all right. So so I I just to to touch up um, what we uh, Mark. I don't know if you listened if you were uh, hearing some of the show, but I, I just. Was telling people doing some real court business where the justice does apply. Oh, excellent! <laughs> well, I was going, I was going over on uh, how important uh, it is for people to take control of their vote and to take their vote back and and to uh, to use that power of the individual vote, which which they which everyone in this country has if they're just willing to to uh, step back and and not vote for a letter, but actually vote for a policy and vote for people. Um, so uh, just that's my message. My first uh, half, uh, first segment of the show was was to uh, really, really trying to bring home the point for people to to take their vote serious, step back uh, and, and don't 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 ever give a politician your blind vote because they'll take advantage of you like uh, happens every day. Uh, so. I want to go to the phones here and uh, bring on Mark. Uh, Mark, I w- before I I get into too much, I want your off the cuff response to Mueller dropping his uh, or closing the case and dropping his findings and his summary and the report on a Friday afternoon during March Madness. Well, what did you think was going to happen? We all knew from the beginning, at least those with the brainstem that if he had anything, there would have been indictment. There were grand jury presentations, 2,800 subpoenas, witnesses, three, what did they go, 13 different countries? And somehow or another, this whole thing that should have been investigated was never investigated. I mean, this attorney's report, he spent 27.2 million tax dollars. That's not the government's money. Guess what? It's ours. And they come up after $27 million of nothing. And you know what? The guys who actually knew what was going on on the Democratic side, Brenner, uh, Clapper, I'm going to go with uh, our attorney general back then, uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, they all knew what was going on. How about Strzok and Page? They all knew. But you know what? There's never going to be accountability. You know that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's never going to happen. So what does he do? He drops it on a Friday evening. Hey, no one will recognize this report because, hey, I got nothing. I got nothing, guys. You know, Mark. It's an 800-page report. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're never going to see that. Oh, I don't think so either. And, you know... But Mark, that that was my point. I mean, you've got March Madness going on. It's a Friday uh, late afternoon. Uh, People tune out. They don't. They're not really tuning into the news. So when I heard that the Mueller report was being dropped, I knew right then and there there was going to be no indictments and no collusion, uh, because you don't do a document dump on a Friday afternoon during March Madness if you've got indictments coming. It, it's what what kind of confounds me here is, and I'll, I'll take it. You know, I, I know we discussed it. I don't have it in front of me. We discussed it a couple of weeks ago about what the genesis of this whole thing was. Was a letter. 
mm-hmm. appointing the special counsel. And that was a very limited scope, that letter. I mean, honestly, that could have probably been completed by any competent individual in four months. I know William Barr, what's amazing, had an unlimited resources. What government agency has unlimited resources, doesn't have to be elected, and is accountable to no one. That's a great honor. Okay? But here's the biggest problem. As a, as a special prosecutor, and Ken Starr said this the other day, I heard him, is... You basically indict or don't indict. You don't give your opinion as to what's going on. That's not the point of a special prosecutor or any prosecutor. In fact, in some instances, that would be called prosecutorial misconduct. But you, this guy got away with it. You know, Mark... So, I don't know if you've... Actually, I'm sure you've read the report. <laughs> you know, at least the Attorney General's report mm-hmm. made summary. The summary, yes. You know, Mark, I'm glad you brought that up. And ladies and gentlemen, again, let me let you know here... Um, we are talking on the line with uh, Mark the Shark uh, up in New York. Uh, Mark is the guru of gurus, I like to say, of lawyers. So I, 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 I'm so glad that we're able to get your input here, Mark. Uh, but you bring up um, – it is not the job now, – now, you correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, because you spend your days in court. Um, it is not the job of the special counsel to exonerate anyone. Is that correct? That's correct. So when when Mueller, who who spends two years, he spends upwards of thirty thirty five million dollars of taxpayer money chasing a hoax. Um, when he drops the report and he says there's absolutely no collusion with Trump, no collusion with a Trump associate, no collusion with the, from the campaign, but then he ends the summary with. Well, you know, we looked at obstruction. I don't I didn't find any evidence, but I can't exonerate the president. Now, again, it is not the special counsel's job. So, to me, Mark, that people want to say that Mueller is a stand-up uh guy and with lots of character. That is unethical to me for a special counsel to throw that in. Honestly, in any other realm, that would probably lead to a charge of prosecutorial misconduct. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like saying before a grand jury, well, I know you guys didn't indict him, but he's a really bad guy, and I know he did something wrong. You know, it's like Schiff, Adam Schiff. Are you kidding me? This guy is in, in charge of the lack of intelligence committee? Hmm. I mean, where are we going with this now? You know, you, know, you realize this is not over, right? Oh. This is not over. I am um, 100% Mark. And, um, Mark, if you can talk a little bit uh, heavier into your phone. I, I just got a message that uh, some listeners are having a little trouble understanding you, and I want them to understand everything you're saying. Is that better? That's better. Better. Okay. Um, so, look, you have here a confidential report that's apparently over 800 pages, which you're never going to see, unless, of course, the great leakers leak, and that's always the case. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, listen, you have the never-Trumpers and the hate-Trumpers and you would think that this was a validation of his presidency. Not that he needed one, because guess what? They count. They count the Electoral College, not the popular vote, for a very good reason. Mm-hmm. But what happened here is that no matter, if you listen to CNN, they live in an alternative world. Communist News Network, it's so an alternative do, world. So does MSNBC and ABC, NBC, CBS. Yeah, they already had Schiff on this morning saying it wasn't an mm. exoneration. Guess what, folks? It doesn't have to be an exoneration. That's not what a special prosecutor does, as Victor pointed out. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Your job is to either charge or not charge. Mm-hmm. Guess what? If there's no underlying crime, how could there be a conspiracy? Exactly. So they they kind of forget that part. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that, Mark, because that's the other thing. So so they they're trying it. So this is the pivot that the Democrats are taking, led by uh, Adam Shiftless Shift. I'd like to call him something else, but. Um, but this is the pivot they're making. They're they're going to try and build this. Uh, he wasn't exonerated, um, and and no. If if there was an honest journalist on CNN or MSNBC, they would have turned to him and said, "Well, it's not the job of the special counsel to exonerate." So that's number one. Uh, but number two, you are seeing that pivot because the Democrats aren't going to give up. And Adam Schiff, he he ought to resign because that Adam Schiff. Over and over and over, told people that there was that he had proof. That's what he said. I was just going to say to you, let's call him up before Congress now, before the Senate, because the Congress won't call anybody except for you know people who are anti-Semitic. Okay, so I think the Senate has to get off their duff. Okay, Mm. listen, this country needs to be governed. Okay, it doesn't need to be investigated. This is not a proctologist's office. You don't have to scope everybody. <laughs> so they've already gone through this. And now you have Schiff coming along who says, I, the evidence. You know what? He's, a, he's a, just a dirtbag liar. And I hate to say that about anybody who's been elected to Congress. But lately, i got to tell you, if the label fits, they should wear it with pride. Absolutely. He's- he has no clue about intelligence whatsoever if what he is saying and where the problem is that there will never be accountability on the other side Mm-mm. you know the american public and i have to say it and i know people are going to hate me for this but the american public gave them this country to rule mm. they gave the democrats this country to rule they knew what was going to happen what did they think was going to happen bar you know william Barr came uh, i'm sorry <laughs> Barr came on board he was the knight in shining armor, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody loved the guy. Then Mueller, he was the knight in shining Wait for the Mueller report. Maxine mm-hmm. Waters, wait for the Mueller report. The indictment, 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 mm-hmm. beach and beach. Now, well, Mueller didn't do enough investigating. I'm sorry. $27.2 million of the taxpayer dollars is not enough. It's not enough. The Democrats are going to waste not only of the public funds that they're entrusted with, but how about the time and energy and effort that they're not governing and making decisions and moving this country together and forward like Trump's doing. They're missing the point. This mm-hmm. is not a political battle. This is a country. Mark. You know, the revolution is over. Let me ask you this, Mark. Think about this. Uh, look at what Trump has been able to do by having to fight the Democrats, having to fight the never-Trumpers, having to fight the uh, establishment Republican Party, uh, well, the establishment wing of the party, and yet... He has still been able to to have huge successes. Imagine if, okay, if Mueller had an ounce of integrity, Mark would not he he knew, in my opinion, and then you ask, then let me ask you if you agree. In my opinion, Mueller knew within two or three months that, if, if not sooner, that that dossier was fake, and yet he still spent two years trying to create a crime, or at least well, find a crime. It is very difficult to prove something never happened. Oh, you can't prove a negative. And it is even more impossible when you know that something never happened to make it look like you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. And that's what this, this was a ruse. It was, was very much. 
This was a ruse. Very much a ruse. And and Mark, but my point being, you know, if if he had integrity, he would have shut this down a year more ago. I can tell you, and and you're you're a very smart guy, and you know this. When you pick, what was it, thirteen Democratic prosecutors mm-hmm. to put on your team, not one Republican uh-huh. attorney that didn't donate to Hillary Clinton, you couldn't find. Mm-hmm. When that team was picked to investigate Trump, you might as well have asked the wolves to guard the sheep. Exactly. They did. And and le- the wolves couldn't still find the sheep. Led by the pit bull Wiseman. I mean, that guy has been shot down several times by the Supreme Court, and he has been, uh, for lack of a better term, he's been slapped on the wrist because he withheld exploratory evidence yeah, in cases. Exculpatory, sorry, exculpatory. Exculpatorial misconduct. Yeah, exactly. But yet this guy led most of Mueller's team. And, and that's another good point, Mark. He had 13. Teen merry men of, and women of of the Democrat ilk. They were all Democrat donors. They were all Democrat loyalists and and uh, Democrat supporters. They led this hoax, this ruse, and yet still they couldn't find not a scintilla of if Russia collusion. If, if you listen to like some of these shows, the MSNBCs, Rachel Maddow. Now all of a sudden they pivoted to how the report was delivered in the middle of the night. A guy wearing a North Face jacket. Yeah, that's this is true. what they're talking about. Yeah. This is the quote-unquote objective media of the United States. Mm. And you know what? Was it still amazing? Even with Hillary's team, she had 700, Trump had 70. And she had the media all over her. Mm. Like you said, she was the queen waiting for the crown. And he still beat her. Oh. And no matter what they say, listen, the American public has to remain smart. We can't be fooled by the stupidity of the media. Mm-hmm. If anyone thinks that even the Washington Post had a piece out that said the media has lost its its integrity. True. I don't think the media in the last two years ever had integrity. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know how they can call themselves journalists. How does Jim Acosta call himself a journalist? I mean, you, you can't – if you can't be subjective, you can't be a journalist. So – Journalism is basically dead today. I, I mean, unless you you go and find the the, the few avenues, because there are there are still some good journalists out there. But but you're a hundred percent right, Mark. Uh, this has been the biggest ruse I think in the history of this country that was or perpetrated that was perpetrated on this country. Um, when you've got a team, and Mark, let's let's talk about that dossier. Um, oh, you, you have. Um, okay, Mark, let me ask you this. I, I, uh, listeners, bear with me. I know I'm jumping all over the place, but that's just the way my brain works. You know, it's gotten it's Spanish and English all tangled up in there. So you're lucky I'm, lucky I'm still speaking English to them. <laughs> but, Mark, if, if you go to a FISA judge and you want to get a FISA warrant, and I'm speaking of Rosenstein because I want you to give me your opinion on how deep Rosenstein is in on this. But when you sign off on the last FISA warrant, Mark, is it possible that, that Rosenstein did not, A, know that the dossier was unverified, B, know that it was um, uncooperated, and C, that he knew it was paid for by the Hillary campaign? Absolutely not. It is not possible that he did not know. And what is even more bizarre is he took part helping Barr write this, this four-page summary. But here's the problem. Besides the several problems that all of this happened under the Obama administration, 
Where is mm-hmm. the investigation on that? Ding, 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 ding. Mark, I was hoping you would get to that. How do they not look at the other side of the coin? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, you, it, it is so blatantly ridiculous that wh- they have investigated Trump for two years. What I was really hoping if Mueller was actually a stand-up guy, and if Mueller had an ounce of integrity, his, his giant swath of investigations would have turned to where it actually needed to be investigated, which would have been the Hillary collusion. How was that dossier created? How did that dossier get funded through GPS? And funded backdoors. Mark, let's, nobody has uh, absolutely, and and it, it it has to be looked at. We we cannot allow this to go unpunished. Um, one thing, well, there's no accountability. You know, right? The accountability, there is none. But we have an opportunity right now. Barr, Attorney General Barr. I hope, I hope he's the guy that people say he is, because it is his duty now to uh, start some investigations. And uh, Mark, I want you to. We're going to go to a break, Mark, but while we're at break, I want you to think about uh, Attorney Barr and what you think he needs to do because I'll tell you what I think he needs to do. So so think about that. Folks, you stay right there. We're going to be right back after this break. You're listening to On Point with Victor, America's Web Radio. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is On Point with Victor. I am Victor Armendariz. And uh, let me take a moment here for you listeners out there, anybody that's got a business or or you're working for a company that might need a little national airtime, um, you can be a sponsor of On Point for Vic- with Victor uh, at very low cost. Uh, and, and not just uh, my show. We have plenty of shows here that you can sponsor. Um, so uh, if you are interested then uh, you need to go to Facebook and, and look us up and give us a call uh, or send us a message or call us at 470-223-4979. And if you uh, would like to uh, use the airtime as a, as a, to talk about what you do or, or your company, uh, you can do that too. You can actually um, purchase uh, Showtime by the hour. Uh, so again, just uh, reach out to us, 470-223-4979. Uh, okay, Mark, I want to get back to, um, to Rosenstein. So I, 
I think Rosenstein is into this up to his eyeballs. I think that the whole reason Mueller was appointed and why Comey wanted Mueller and, and this was all to protect Hillary and I think to protect Mueller because if you go back to the 90s. Oh, I think it goes up higher than that, uh, boy. Yeah, I, yeah, and yeah, I think it goes all the way to Obama. And I think it goes to that top rung. Yeah. And I, and, and I, but and with. Loretta Lynch certainly knew about this mess. Oh my goodness, Mark. Wouldn't you love to know what was discussed between Bill Clinton and Loretta Lynch in that airplane? I haven't heard it was grandchildren. I, I <laughs> and she required the necessity that necessitated removing all the uh, secret service and, from the plane so uh, to talk about their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't even have grandchildren. Um, I can promise you, Mark, that what Bill Clinton wasn't saying in that plane was, "I did not have sex with that." crazy lady i didn't do it with monica i promise it wasn't that uh it was probably more like you will not prosecute my wife because she will be president because he wanted to get back at the interns i mean the white house yep um but but with rosenstein you know rosenstein months ago mark no one's talking about this but um a few months ago if you remember rosenstein was basically put in his resignation and he said he was going to leave and he hasn't left yet, and I think there's a reason for that. I think he's trying to – he's staying, trying to protect himself. And well, I'll, I'll tell you, you, you haven't mentioned the IG's report, the Investigator General. Right. Uh, that's something that might really spawn some more controversy, but not on the uh, Trump side this time. Mm-hmm. It might be much more interesting. You've you got to really – as an American, you kind of sit back and think – you know what, this isn't Zimbabwe, this isn't Somalia, you know, this is the United States of America. Stuff like this, with integrity in government, is so critical to the formation and the maintaining of this country. And think about it for a second, and this is not a thought that I had the other day, and I, and I think it kind of really brings truth to what's going on. You have a president who's trying to negotiate deals with other foreign entities, with China, with Russia, and all you hear back here, if they're tuning in to any one of these idiot stations, CNN, MSNBC, any one of these moron stations, all you keep hearing is impeaching the president. There's, Tom, there's evidence all over the place that he colluded and he's gone. And he's Why would you cut a deal with a president who you thought was gone based on the media reports? Hmm. Right. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. You know, now China's going to go, oh, shoot, he's not being thrown out. Now what? Well, I guess we got to deal with them. You know, Mark, that is a great point also, and, and kind of goes back to what we were talking about, to where would we be today had this hoax not been allowed to be perpetrated on the United States if if Trump were allowed to uh, be the president that he could be and if the establishment had worked with him. And where would we be today? So uh, We'd be soaring like an eagle. Absolutely. And and you make a good point. How much of the China negotiations and North Korea negotiations and Iran negotiations, all these negotiations on the foreign front, how much has been affected by these world leaders looking at what I call useful idiots in the Democrat Party? Because they were, they see the news and they see being reports being made every day that oh, Trump's time is limited. You know, Mark, two weeks ago, as as early as two weeks ago, or, or as late as two weeks ago, CNN and MSNBC, but mainly CNN, because CNN is really the world news when you're outside of the country. They were saying that the noose is tightening around Trump's neck. They were saying that indictments were imminent. They were saying that even Chris, Trump. Well, listen, Chris Cuomo who I had very little respect for to begin with, 
but he is, has sunk so low into the dirt, he's over his head right now, where they asked him, would you apologize to President Trump? Not going to happen. Mm-mm. Okay, there's your integrity for you. You make a mistake as, what are you teaching your kids? Mm. Make a mistake, never admit it. Mm-hmm. Purposefully chase somebody and track them down until you can hunt them. And if you can't hunt them, make sure he can't do anything. Make mm. sure you hinder him as much as you can. Yeah, make sure you tie their, their hands. Presidency. Mm-hmm. Guess what, folks? This isn't just the presidency. He is the president of the United States. And when you debilitate the president, you are effectively stifling the United States. Without a doubt. Here. Without that's a doubt. And that's what I mean. How many world leaders, when talking with Trump, in the back of the head were going, this guy isn't going to be here that long, so I, he's not even going to finish his term, so I don't have to really negotiate. I mean, that, there is no way, Mark, that that wasn't going on. Uh, oh, thanks. That it was. You know? uh, but now, as you say, rightfully so, it's, it's a different day today, and I mentioned in the first hour that we're about to see a different Trump. We're about to see a re- reinvigorated Trump. We're about to see, I think, a whole new presidency uh, here's, here's take shape. Here's my concern, though. You know, the, the, the stupid fire that they started the Democrats and they continued to throw kindling on it mm. and get it up to a bonfire has gone out. But mm. guess what? The Congress, the imbeciles in the Congress who spineless little morons, who are more political than effective, are going to turn around and rekindle that fire. You watch. Well, Adam shift, shift, mm-hmm. shift. Yes. The brilliance behind the game. Mm-hmm. He's going to turn around. He's going to... How many subpoenas? 81 already? Yeah, already. 81. Yep, already. And they haven't even started their engines yet. <laughs> you know what? You're, you're so right. And that's what I mean by the pivot. The pivot that's going on right now. And you can see it's almost as if uh, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, the, the Washington Post, Associated Press. It's almost like they all had a meeting with Adam Schiff and Pelosi. And they said, this is where we're pivoting to. Because they're all pivoting to... The, the day that Schiff met with Cohn before his testimony... Mm little aides there for 10 hours yep. that was how much do we have to be the third world country now mm. how much are we really striving forward to go backwards well that's the other sad day that this is uh is that this is the kind of stuff uh, an internal coup which is basically what uh page and stroke and clapper and comey this is what they they set up it was a, a, a coup and this is the stuff that shouldn't happen in this country which is why mark that i keep saying, and, and I will keep saying that we need punishment. And I'm not talking about vindictivism or anything like that. I'm talking about the Attorney General Barr doing his job and starting investigations to punish the people who perpetrated this hoax. Because we can't allow this to happen again. It cannot happen in this country. Or should not. You know what's said, uh, you know, if you look at this, if you look at this letter and you look at you know what they what they had said in apparently they quoted some of the uh, some of the Mueller report. It says the evidence does not establish that the president was involved in an underlying crime related to the Russian election interference. Okay, then he goes there. Now he adds in this is probably Rod Rosenstein yet, and that while not determinative, hmm. the absence of such evidence bears upon the president's intent with respect to obstruction. Okay, folks, let's bring it back a little bit. You can't have obstruction if there's no crime. If there's no crime. So why are we even talking about obstruction? <laughs> that's because that's what he was tasked with? No, he was tasked with trying to bring down a sitting president. Absolutely. Real. Mark, 
Um, we're going to have to leave it right there, but I'm so glad you ended with that because it sounds so much better when you read the summary than when I did. Uh, but thank you, Mark, for being here. We're going to have another show because we can't just do it in one show. So, Mark, thank you. And listeners. Thank you. Everybody have a great week. Awesome. And thank you guys so much for listening. And, uh, man, we'll be back next week, so hold tight. You're listening to America's Web Radio. This has been On Point with Victor. Thanks so much, guys. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.